I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The Senate Judiciary Committee vote to advance a nomination of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson has been delayed. Sound like more politics as usual? Think again. Let's start. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, the Senate Judiciary Committee was expected to vote earlier today to advance the nomination of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court, uh, extending that on to the full Senate. Of course, uh, everyone was expecting that to be a very tight vote or a tie vote. And that's where the problem came in. Uh, not politics, not arguments, not procedure. Airplanes. <laughs> An airplane problem. Uh, Senator Alex Padilla, Democrat from California, his plane had taken off from LAX on its way heading east. And someone on the plane, unfortunately, uh, became ill and they had to turn around. Went back to LAX and Senator Padilla was uh, able to book onto the next available flight heading east and is expected uh, to be landing in our nation's capital uh, shortly, probably within the next half hour. I'm sure he will be whisked away very rapidly from Reagan International Airport, where he'll be taken straight to the Senate Hart Building, which is where the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing room is. Uh, there he will be able to uh, take his 10 minutes of time, and then they can actually have a vote. Now, the reason why it matters that he was there is, remember, there are 22 members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, in order to advance, you at least have to get a tie, 11-11. Uh, had uh, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee called for a vote with Senator Padilla stuck in California, uh, the nomination of Judge Jackson would have gone down 11-10. And that would have uh, sparked a a really interesting next chapter. Uh, fortunately, uh, Dick Durbin spotted that and said we have a problem and he adjourned the meeting uh, until he decides to call it back into order. And again, my prediction is that that will happen the precise moment that Senator Padilla walks into the Senate Hart Building there in our nation's capital. And that's where they will they will pick up. So this is one of those where a, a vote was delayed, not because of uh, shenanigans, not because of left versus right, Democrat-Republican battles, but simply because of the realities of travel. Uh, so uh, each of the senators, of course, was able to take 10 minutes before they uh, decided where they were going to vote. And I want to start uh, actually with Senator Cory Booker. A Democrat from New Jersey, and he started his remarks uh, on uh, a positive note in terms of uh, where these things could go and some things that we did better, meaning the Judiciary Committee uh, did better this round than they had in some of the previous Supreme Court nomination hearings. Uh, Senator Booker said he thinks that these hearings uh, should actually be held 
during Festivus. We'll decide that in a second. I often think maybe we should be holding this hearing during December because, Mr. Chairman, I don't know if you know about the vaunted holiday of Festivus, um, uh, which is the holiday for the rest of us during the holidays. And one of the aspects of Festivus is the airing of grievances. And I think that we've had probably the best Festivus celebration here uh, in this hearing over the last week or so because there's been a lot of airing of grievances. Now, I'm one of these people that thinks... Uh, that there's no false equivalency here, that, that the grievances that I've seen since I've been here from uh, the ridiculousness of Merrick Garland and, and when he was nominated, not even having a hearing, not even meeting with him, or even some of the language. I recently looked at the quote, one of the quotes from one of the people on this committee on the Republican side who talked about if Hillary Clinton won, we should just leave any Supreme Court vacancies if the Republicans can control the court. But I'm also self-interrogated enough to know that um, I shouldn't just sit here and air my grievances and listen to their grievances. And that's why I'm really appreciative of uh, Ben Sass, uh, Senator Sass. And uh, I want to thank uh, Tom Tillis. I, I don't, again, agree with his uh, equivalencies on everything, but I see an earnest person trying uh, to figure out how we can make sense of this place and return more to patriotism, less towards partisanship. And I've listened to every time he spoke, he's made appeals to those higher angels. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. So again, that was Senator Cory Booker. Now, the interesting thing was he he started uh, with a reference to Festivus, uh, which, of course, was made very popular by the Seinfeld uh, sitcom, uh, this airing of grievances. Uh, and often that is what the United States Senate feels like, is just an airing of grievances. And, and during Ketanji Brown-Jackson's nomination process, there was a lot of airing of grievances from both sides, things that had nothing to do with Judge Jackson and her qualifications. Uh, you had uh, Senator Whitehouse talking about dark money uh, ad nauseum uh, with charts and graphs. And then, of course, some on the Republican side uh, wanted to point out the dark money from the left. And so that went back and forth. Uh, again, nothing to do uh, with Judge Jackson and her qualifications to sit on the highest court of the land. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe uh, an airing of grievances uh, is the issue or is the opportunity. And... Uh, Again, fascinating just to see how that all played out. Uh, Senator Booker uh, went on to to list some of the things that he's worried about. Uh, he did go on to file and air some of his own grievances, but uh, he did say he was worried about the downward spiral that could actually impact the court's legitimacy. I really do worry about where we are spiraling towards. Uh, I worry about hearings like this where the majority of people on both sides, I think, were well within the zone. But I heard things that were just ridiculous and and painful and hurtful. Uh, and I, I do worry and I hope that maybe when the cameras are off and some of us can get together and talk about how do we repair and how do we heal. I have not resigned myself to the inevitability of this is where the United States Senate is going. And the collateral damage to this, and it's not all, all us I think the Supreme Court has done enough damage to itself with its lax uh, ethics rules. But the legitimacy of the court has sunk pretty dramatically over the uh, uh, over the last years. And I think a lot of it is because of the spectacle that we've seen uh, here and now. And, and that really, really concerns me. Look, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, I don't think I know, it was President Lincoln who said, the world will little re- note uh, nor long remember what we say here. And I know that's for my words as well. Uh, so, again, that is uh, Senator 
uh, Cory Booker from earlier. We're just watching uh, in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing room, and Senator Padilla has actually just walked in the building, I think, to a, a little bit of laughter and a few applause and lots of cameras. And uh, he is going to take his seat there on the dais. And I suspect that uh, Chairman Durbin uh, will be uh, gaveling the committee back in. Uh, very interesting. Pat Leahy's taking a picture, uh, which is also interesting uh, to watch. You you had uh, Chairman Durbin conferring with Utah Senator Mike Lee just a moment ago as they were probably uh, hammering out some of the th- requests, the document requests um, that were filed and some that were fulfilled and some that were not. Uh Senator Durbin is is now uh, kind of gesturing over at Senator Padilla, saying, "Glad you're here. Uh, glad you could make it. Uh, the world was waiting for you." And uh, so we're continuing to watch that. If he does gavel in here in the next little bit, uh, we may dip into that. Uh, but the important thing for us to recognize is that from both the left and the right, uh, my biggest worry in all of this is that we lose the legitimacy of the court, that both sides are so worried about winning political points or so hyper-focused on tribalism uh, that we undermine the legitimacy, we undermine the trust. And the way you get trust is through transparency and through a process. And the process is outlined, the transparency can be had there, but it requires... Republicans and Democrats, Democrats and Republicans, uh, to set the politics aside, have a principled debate, a rigorous debate, and then vote according to conscience so that the voters can hold them accountable. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.